if I was to think about how I felt at that very moment, it was as if I had a bunch of papers in my hands and I was like trying to keep them all neat and tidy, like in my arms. And then all of a sudden I just like threw them up in the air and just like screamed really loud. and was like, ah, like I just can't, you know? And it's just like, let the papers fly everywhere. Like that is how I felt. Welcome to The Remarkable Leap. My name is Juliet, and I'm here to guide you on your journey towards becoming a brighter version of yourself. Every week, you'll gain inspiration and wisdom from our guests on how to embrace your fears and take your own leap of faith in your personal life or in your career. We each only get one life to live. Make it remarkable. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Remarkable Leap. It's your host, Juliet. Today on the podcast, we have our very first guest, Jacqueline Yangyuan, who is a dear friend of mine and a musician who goes by the artist name July, spelled J-L-Y. In this episode, Jackie talks about how she packed up her entire world and moved to the other side of the country to live with her brother in Ohio and work on her music career. Hello, Jackie. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Juliet. So glad to have you here. I'm so excited to talk with you about everything that you're currently up to with your music and some of the life transitions that you're going to. Um, but just to give our listeners a bit of background, could you tell us a bit about what you're currently up to? Oh, yeah. Um, my first reaction was, what am I not currently up to? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so by day, I am a radar systems engineer. I work in the aerospace industry, working on requirements documentation, and um, I have a background in electrical engineering. I went to UCLA, go Bruins. So uh, yeah, I do that during the day because it's a stable nine to five and I make the monies. And um most of that money does not go towards a fancy apartment. I actually share a one bedroom, one bath with another girl who's cool. I like her, but uh, <laughs> I don't live in a fancy apartment. No, because all the money goes towards my music career. So when I'm not doing literal rocket science, I am making music. So I sing, I write songs, I play the ukulele, I got the band. Actually, I have like three bands because uh, it depends on who's available that day for the gig. <laughs> but, um, TLDR, I'm a pop singer songwriter based in LA. I'm starting to skew a little bit more R&B and soul these days, and I'm really excited to be releasing more singles this year. Yeah, and you go by the stage name July, correct? Yes, I am July, and that's spelled J-L-Y because it's actually my initials. I was not born in the month of July, much to people's disappointment, <laughs> but um, it's easier to remember and pronounce than my full-on Asian name, so yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think it suits you Thank very you. well. And I've been to a couple of your performances and I just love your music. I love your vibe. You're such a talented singer. And the reason I really wanted to bring you onto this podcast is because actually about a year and a half ago, you took a really big leap of faith in your own life to pursue music. So I'd love if you could share a little bit about that. Oh, totally. Girl, it has been a long year and a half. Um, it doesn't even feel like I'm the same person. Um, so I guess if we recap to the turning point for me, it was probably September 2018. So um, like Jackie in 2018 was newly graduated from UCLA, started her first engineering job. I was working in the theme park industry at the time doing audio video uh, work for Disneyland and Universal Studios 
and um it was fun like i enjoyed it it was a lot of overnight shifts because when stuff breaks in a theme park you got to go in after hours to fix it at like Mm, three in the morning oh wow yeah so um sometimes it required you to flip-flop your sleep schedule which um wasn't always glamorous but sometimes seeing disneyland at like five four in the morning is pretty cool no one else is around except for the street cleaners yeah so i worked in theme parks for a good while um and that was like my big passion because i have always loved science and um, art from a young age kind of being both a left and right brainer has been my thing for a long time but then uh, i was in a relationship with somebody for two and a half years on and off and that went south my job um while it wasn't an industry I was interested in, wasn't giving me exactly all the fulfillment that I wanted, especially because I had also started taking classes at the songwriting school of LA and Burbank, and I was working there part-time to um, just help pay for those classes that I wanted to like get more into music. So, you know, on top of all of that, getting my heart broken was like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like, I don't know if I want this job. I don't know if I want to like do this singer or songwriter thing full-time. Like, I don't know. I just know that things have to change. So um, my brother, (laughs) this is kind of funny. Uh, I was living with my older brother at the time and I knocked the side mirror off of my car the morning after I got broken up with. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my God. Because I like backed up and like scraped against the pole um, that was next to my car in the parking structure. Because I had parked apparently like super close to the pole the night before because I couldn't even see when I was driving. I was crying so hard. So then the next morning I like forgot I parked that close to the pole so i like scraped the side of my car i was like oh shit my bad so then i like scooch forward but like because i was in such a bad emotional state i just backed up like (gasps) super fast and i knocked the side mirror off my car and i was distressed i was crying and hyperventilating and so my brother's fiance came down and was like are you okay because i was like help sean so he was like oh no because i also ran over the side mirror and shattered it into a bunch of pieces oh my (laughs) gosh yeah i was a mess so we like taped that puppy back onto my car even though it was useless um and so my brother's fiance was like yeah you should check up on your sister she's kind of like a wreck right now so my brother was like okay we're doing a damage control dinner tonight so they took me out to dim sum and were like hey um so we just you know we got a house out in cincinnati and we're gonna be moving there in a couple weeks like if you need to like restart your life you're more than welcome to come live with us rent free um we have an extra room in the basement if you need if you need that space and that time and i was like whoa i'm gonna quit my job yeah wow that's such a beautiful a beautiful gesture from your older brother that was just looking out for you and and giving you this opportunity to kind of reset yeah i i'm so grateful that i had the opportunity because like i knew that i didn't feel right staying where i was like like in la but also just in life in general i just needed some big change So the Mm. fact that my brother offered me this opportunity, it was like a golden ticket to become somebody else because I didn't like who I was back then. Like my self-esteem was at an all-time low. I I was the kind of person who was afraid to be by herself because she didn't like Mm. herself enough to spend time on her own. So like I like as as much as I like shit on that last ex-boyfriend of mine, like there were a lot of issues with the way I approached relationships because I had very low self-esteem and I think I put 
all of my emotional energy into being with that person instead of saving some for myself, which now I realize is super important if you want to be a fully yeah. functioning human. But you live and you learn. Sometimes it takes you um, moving into your brother's basement across the country to figure all that out. So um, I guess I just definitely. And yeah. I mean, you're only 24 years old, so you're still very young to have learned that lesson already. <laughs> Thanks, girl. Yeah, it was like wild because like when my brother told me that, I was like, oh, I'll just quit my job tomorrow then. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa maybe wow. maybe like sleep so- <laughs> on it a couple more days. Like, and I was like, OK. And then I quit my job. You were like ready, though, to jump after. on it. I, I was ready to go. Like I was like, Mm-mm-mm. so I yeah, I quit my job a couple days after. Um, and it was so funny because a lot of the people at my company were like ex rock stars who like engineered for prince once upon a time and now they like have families so they settled down into this like stable more stable nine to five and um they're like yeah you know like i i totally get you you know at your age you're kind of doing what we did but backwards you know you're starting with the stable nine to five and then now you're gonna go be a rock star so good luck with that Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome that you had the support of your coworkers, and especially them being older they kind of saw you know how you were able to take this time in your life to kind of create the space for yourself in order to explore who you wanted to be rather than waiting till later on in life. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me with this move is that Cincinnati is only a four and a half hour drive from Nashville. So when I, you know, asked my brother like, oh, how far is Nashville away from there? That's the land of singer songwriters and musicians. And my brother's like, oh, like not that far. I was like, okay, cool. Moving in. Because like, <laughs> I thought, okay, well, if I'm moving away from one epicenter of music, I better be near another one. And thankfully, there's such a good and friendly songwriting community in Nashville. Like I knew I could um, at least learn a little bit more about that industry that I've been wanting to just jump right into. So, um, yeah, that was a big part of it. The vice president of the last company I was in is like so good at guitar. Like he is insane. Um, I've seen him play once and when I told him oh that I was goodness, quitting and um, kept it on the DL like I was like yeah I don't tell anyone but um, I'm gonna try to yeah go to Nashville and like figure out my singer-songwriter life he was like when I was your age I had the opportunity to move to Nashville to pursue music <gasps> and I didn't take it and I often wonder what oh my, my life would have looked like if I did so you wow go, that gave me chills honestly yeah I was like, whoa, wow, like, the that's fact cool. that he was like, he gave me his blessing. And when I came back to LA at the top of last year, he gave me a free ticket to the music convention now. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, wow. I definitely have a lot of follow up questions about sort of your whole journey once you moved to Ohio. And I know that you did a lot of amazing stuff with your music career. That- but just kind of going back a little bit to that point where you took that leap of faith and moved in. I mean, it seemed like it was pretty immediately clear to you that that's what you wanted to do. But did you when when your brother told you you know maybe sleep on it for a little bit did you have any hesitations within that time like what was going on through your mind in terms of weighing the pros and cons and staying in sort of that normal nine to five staying in a place where you felt familiar and versus moving somewhere completely different Mm. so when i make decisions i like to like you said weigh the pros and the cons i think about the variables that are within my control and the variables that are not. And I try to work around the constraints that are not within my control. It's kind of like the serenity prayer, right? It's like, you know, give me the power to like, um, 
I don't actually remember exactly how the prayer goes, but like you're supposed to just chillax on the stuff that's not within your control. So I try to do that. Like, pardon my bad paraphrasing, but I try to do a little bit more <laughs> of that okay. these days. So um, I think back then I was thinking about, okay, what are the things not in my control? Well, my brother's lease is about to be up and I'm crashing his place and he is uh, moving to Ohio and I have no other apartment lined up. And Right. Where I live will depend on where I choose to work. And I've been interviewing at jobs like for the past few months and nothing has gone my way. So at that point, you were already ready to make yeah. some sort of switch, whether that just be in like another job within engineering or like a music one. Yeah, exactly. Or in music. OK. So I was already kind of looking to jump ship job wise. And then this relationship thing happened. I was like, well, I don't really have a like an emotional tie anymore to the place besides like, well, of course, like my family and like I grew up in LA, but like, I think a big part of me had this like wanderlust that was like, what else is out there? Um, especially because as a songwriter, you want to enrich your life with a lot of experiences because you're going to be writing and creating things that are based off of your, your life, you know, and, and you don't want right. to be like super boring and vanilla, like, like go out and explore the world and, and write about it. I wanted to experience more of life and, I the longest I'd ever been away from LA was a month which was my post-graduation trip to Japan and Shanghai which was a blast and I was like yo like I want to step away from LA for a little bit again I think oftentimes you know you take it for granted when you're in such an amazing place um, and then you get all in your bubble I wanted to see what's outside of the bubble yeah definitely so was there any like alternative at all like would you have considered like let me just keep looking for jobs and just find my own place or were you pretty much like I guess this is just a sign that I should move in with my brother go to Ohio figure things out what was kind of like the that deciding factor I guess I think it really wasn't I guess I, I, I did hype myself up as being super like logical, but I think at this moment in time, if I was to think about how I felt at that very moment, it was as if I had a bunch of papers in my hands and I was like trying to keep them all neat and tidy like in my arms. And then all of a sudden I just like threw them up in the air and just like screamed really loud and was like, ah, like I just can't, yeah. you know? And it's just like, let the papers fly everywhere. Like that is how I felt. If that's a meme, totally. That's you know, awesome. Just like memeify that and be that like visual. July feels, July <laughs> freaks. I don't know, but like that was me at the time, and I was like, you know what? I just can't. I need a reset. I need, I need something to change. And if that means everything, then sure, let's go for it. But I felt stuck. I felt so stuck. And all of a sudden, my brother gave me a golden ticket, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take it. It feels like the universe aligned for something that I really needed. I didn't know I needed at the time. And like in hindsight, yeah. this breakup was one of the best things that ever happened to me, even though it was one of the That's worst awesome. things that ever happened to me also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rainbow, I guess, after the storm. But walk me through how you felt once you moved to Ohio and you kind of settled into the fact that this is going to be your new life for a little while. What was that experience like? Were you excited? Were you scared, nervous, all of the above? Oof all of the above i think that being an la girl your whole life he, there's a certain pace of living that you're used to i think people in big cities might feel this when they just go 
even a little bit outside of the big city to somewhere that's a little bit slower, you're like, oh my God, like there's not 10 billion things happening tonight. There's maybe one or two things. And like, I, I could just stay in and not do anything. And I think that that was a big change for me because I'd been living my whole life at 110%, it, especially mm. at that given time, because like I said, I was working at the songwriting school and taking classes there on top of a full-time nine to five job. Like I was right. working and taking classes on Saturdays to to make things work with music. So like all, it felt like all of a sudden, like you just put your foot completely on the brakes and just like came to a standstill. And like, I was able to like, think about what do I want to do? What is right for me? Because like, when you're just trying to grind and go 110% all the time, you're kind of putting your head down and just like brute forcing everything mm -hmm. and just like, go, go, go. You don't have time to stop and think about if this is the right direction. You just know you have to go this route and just keep digging. Um, versus like now that I actually had time to breathe, um, that's when everything came rushing in the existential crisis of what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> my and goodness. am I a hobo now? Like mooching off my brother living in his basement, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, like that, um, but also You're still family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was like, all, like, you know, scary. Like, is this going to be me forever? Like, am I just going to be mm -hmm. a useless like member of society? Um, right. Like also thinking maybe the other way, which is like, but this is like a fresh start. You literally could be anything you want to be like, cause I think the most terrifying thing after graduating from college or just leaving school in general is like, you've had this whole life paved for you, which is like, all you have to do is just get more A's to get more A's. You just have to study, you know, like it, it's very mm -hmm. formulaic, like, sure. Like I know what the recipe is for success, but then when you go into something like the arts, there's not really any predefined thing for how one right there's successful. no specific there's no specific metric of success it's all subjective and a lot of it's just like being in the right place at the right time exactly. having that right look or that right sound so it's very hard to be it's it's not like a meritocracy the way that you imagine the world is when you're going through the school system and a lot of what you're talking about is stuff that I definitely relate to I mean we graduated the same year and basically you know we both did high school for four years went into a four-year college graduated with a quote-unquote practical degree I studied business you studied electrical engineering and then at least for me it wasn't until a little bit after I started working when I realized there are no more steps left to follow. There are no more A's left exactly. to receive. Um, and it's just kind of open-ended in terms of what you can do. And it's at that point you realize that you never really questioned what was the right choice, like you're talking about with music, whether or not like there was another path for you to do music. Yeah. So this kind of opened the door for you to take that time and think for yourself in terms of, you know, spending that time in Ohio. Yeah. It's like, the less you do, the more time you have to think. And mm. I think that this time for reflection and like mindfulness was so essential for me to grow. And I was forced to spend time by myself, which is one of the most terrifying things to me at the time. Uh, and like, you know, uh, you briefly mentioned that we read the book, The Artist's Way together. And like, that's kind of what brought our friendship together. Kind of a sneak preview yes. of that. Like that book helped me so much because it emphasized doing these artist dates and like doing the morning yeah. pages, like spending time purposefully 
with yourself not being like oh I guess I'm alone because I'm lonely and like no one likes me it's like no like I'm choosing to be with myself because I'm awesome you know like yeah and you're and you're taking the time to get to know yourself as well because it's like we've spent so long in this world maybe doing what other people expected of us or going along in certain different directions and like you're saying when you're alone you finally get that time to figure it out and I think that's like you what you said too is that it's terrifying because then you have no one else to sort of look to for direction or to tell you what to do with your life it all has to come within you and you just have to figure that out and that's just so it's so I, yeah I just don't even know how to describe it and that's kind of what I'm going through right now in terms of being like well what do I want to do? What does the rest of my life look like? What do I want it to look like? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think for you it was a little different because you have had this love of music. I know that you were in a band in high school. You were in choir. You did acapella in college and even after you graduated. So that was something that probably was always, like, in the back of your mind. So I guess once you moved to Ohio, what was sort? what did you spend – your time doing what were you looking forward to or what were you really exploring during that time Mm. I think my big thing was developing my chops and practicing so like when I was going 110% taking classes at the school and also working like I didn't get a chance to do my homework every week like I had theory homework that was like write a song that incorporates this chord progression and I was like ah I have homework from like three other classes and also this job so uh it's either that or uh sleep two hours I think I'm gonna choose to sleep five so um, that's good prioritize your health a little bit exactly so like when I got to Ohio I was like oh my god I have all this time to kind of revisit my notes and go back and try to redo the assignments Um, I had time to practice piano and try to learn guitar. I actually picked up a new instrument that became my signature instrument, the ukulele. And um, the funny story behind that is like, like when we moved across the country, we took two cars, uh, like, cause my brothers had to populate their house with stuff. So right, the cars right. <laughs> were like, if you can imagine like clown cars, they were filled to the brim. You couldn't see out the back. We had to leave a lampshade in Arizona because it kept hitting me in the face. So, Oh, my goodness. You're no, like, it's not worth it. Yeah, there was no room at all for my keyboard or my guitar. So I went to Ohio, like, instrumentless. And then um, being the L.A. girl that I was and being like, all right, time to hustle. Like, I just – I found an open mic and was like, cool, I'm going to do that. It's in three days. I don't have any instruments. What am I going to do? Um, and – like two day, literally two days after I moved to Ohio, I went to the songwriter, songwriters meetup, and uh, one of the guys there, I told him my dilemma, and he was like, "Oh, well, I have like five ukuleles. Do you want to borrow one?" <laughs> I was like, "Wow, how kind!" Wow, cool. Yeah, that 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 would be great. But I've never played the ukulele. He's like, "Do you play guitar?" I was like, "Kind of." He's like, "All right, you'll pick it up real fast." So I learned the ukulele in two days and um, performed. Like, wow, look at you. Right after. Well, I had all this time to just like dabble with it. And I guess I had the skill set already kind of. I just didn't know I had it in me. So like I think um, kind of thinking about what you were saying with, you know, like, oh, I want to figure out like what is my calling? Like what do I need to be doing right now now that I have more time for myself and time to figure things out? Like I want to encourage you to keep in mind that this is a process and there is – no defined timeline for it but I hope that you can 
savor it and take the time to uh, work through that process and not rush it. Because Mm. I think there were so many moments in Ohio where I was readjusting to that new slower pace of life and was banging my head against the wall being like, why is nothing happening tonight? Like, I just want to go out for Halloween and like jam out with people and like hang out, but there's nothing going on. It's Cincinnati. Well, I mean, Cincinnati is technically a big city, but like, I don't know, for me, it just didn't feel like enough. Um, But I think that this was a much needed period of time for me to chillax, take a slow and not have to fill every second of my day with something. I think that this period of time where I had to slow down, I was forced to, given the, I guess, limited number of activities I could do in this city, mm-hmm. it like really helped me hone in on what do I really want to be doing with my time? Like I am now my own timekeeper. So like you don't have a boss telling you this is what you need to be doing. Um, but like it also taught me the discipline of yes, you should spend time being productive and working, but you also need to be disciplined enough to build in break time, build in play time, because you are going to burn yourself out so fast if you're always trying to work or always trying to hone your craft. Because I tried to do that for a couple weeks and I started to get sick of music and was like, oh, no, 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 this is not good. That is not what I came here for. So um, it's important to get those breaks. Yeah, I did that like my first two weeks of quitting. I was just so set on like doing everything. I was like doing YouTube. I was trying to post on like all these different things. And then after that, I was just like, wait, what am I doing? Like, do I even like this anymore? And I really just had to like take that time to take a step back. Um, but I guess to I guess to frame this experience that you were in Ohio, did you have sort of a timeline for yourself of how long you wanted to be there or did you have any specific goals that you wanted to reach or what was really your intention going into that time of your life dang that is a good question (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's really funny to me because i didn't (laughs) i went and was like you know that paper throwing analogy i threw the papers i I, in the young, young people, millennial speak, I yeeted myself over. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I love I was it. Like, Oop, I'm here. And I was kind of going day by day and was like, mm. you know what? Like I have this list of things that I had been collecting since I've been at that job, you know, like all of these things that I wanted to get better at or these things that I wanted to do. And now I have the time to do them. And so I would pick a few to do's to focus on for the week or that day or whatever and like try to do that I was also going to that songwriting meetup group because they do what they call songwriting critiques so you bring in a song and they'll listen to it look at the lyric sheet and they'll help you revise it and so I became a stronger Mm. songwriter because I I drove an hour north to Dayton Ohio 60 miles away Um, because an hour north in LA is like oh that could be 15 miles no this was like legit like a mile a minute because everything's right, spread right. out and there's no traffic. So like I would drive 60 miles to Dayton and go to this group and then come back super late like every Monday just so I can hone my craft and get better and like network with the songwriters in the area. Like, but I didn't have any specific timelines on like, oh, I need to crank out mm-hmm. this many songs at the end of the month or I need to be this level guitarist by the end of this week. It was yeah. very amorphous. And yeah, I think it's kind of funny how things worked themselves out, even though I didn't have a defined plan. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of nice to relieve yourself of that pressure of like, I need to succeed within this certain amount of time or I need to write like five hit songs or something like that. I think the way that you were able to do it, you know, thankfully to the situation you had with your brother having a place and stuff really lent itself to you being able to take it slower and to be kind to yourself so that you could hone your craft and that you could just focus on you know little by little progressing um so how how long did you end up staying in ohio Mm, i stayed there from september till beginning of january of 2019 so which is when we met (laughs) yeah yeah it was roughly half a year and it felt both very long and very short Um, Because Mm. it was a very unstructured period in my life where all of a sudden every day looked different from the day before and you could do whatever the fuck you wanted. And it was also terrifying, very freeing, very liberating. Uh, And a lot of um, my goals were dictated by my job search uh, because I was like, oh, I'll I'll just return to L.A. when I find a job out there or Mm. "Hmm, maybe I'm going to move to Nashville like And I seriously considered moving to Nashville for that period of time because I was like, it's songwriting central and I'm making so many good friends here. And rent is crazy cheap compared to L.A., even though people (laughs) out there complain that the rent prices are ridiculous. And I was like, you haven't seen nothing Uh, like you're living in a house. Do you know what you would get for this price in L.A.? Like a box. (laughs) Yeah, my goodness. So you were while you were in Ohio, you were honing your craft. You were going to these songwriting sessions. And then you were also applying to jobs in L.A.? Yeah, I was applying to jobs in L.A., applying to jobs in Nashville, because I was like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that I can make a living off of music yet. I think it's a little too soon for that. And um, I mean, I really admire people who make music their full-time commitment and like are just all in on that grind. But like I realized, you know, like I went to school so that I could have like a steady job and I could have a life outside of work. You know, like some some of my engineering friends work at startups like, uh, you know, like or not even startups, but like just companies that are very time intensive, like SpaceX mm-hmm. or Google or like Facebook, you know. But like I was looking for a company that would have a culture of work-life balance so that I can pursue music and not have to rely on that as my sole source of income. Because I'm one of those people that like, if too much pressure is put on me for that kind of thing, I'm just probably going to end up resenting music. Right. And I didn't want that to happen to me. That's, I think that's a very healthy mindset to have. So I'm curious, what was the catalyst that brought you back to LA? Were you having interviews in LA at the time? (laughs) You know, surprisingly, no. Even though I was like so gung-ho about being like, well, I guess I'll go back to LA like if I get a job or something and they pay me a good amount of money. Dude, it was so hard to get a job just trying to apply like online or cold email people. Like I was, oh no. Yeah, because it's tough when you're not there in person. Yeah, yeah. Like it was was hard for me to even get an interview when I was doing it like that. So um, the thing that brought me back was like I visited my friend in Indiana and I was just, you know, hanging out with him and I was like oh like Purdue has like a boba place on like the outskirts of the campus and so I went to the boba place and they also had a Thai place and I was like oh 
with a Thai place. Oh shoot, I actually see some Asians around here. Holy crap, I haven't seen Asians besides my brother in like forever. So. Oh my gosh, yeah, being in Ohio, I'm sure it's definitely nowhere near as diverse as LA or diverse yeah. at all. Definitely <laughs> it like, it's just, yeah, it's the diversity is definitely very unique to LA. So like I went to this Thai place, I had the most mediocre Pad Thai ever. And then I was like mm-hmm. sorely disappointed, but I was like, okay, it's fine. Like I'm gonna get some boba. It'll be chillin'. Is my first boba in four months. <laughs> so I go, I drink this boba. It was so watered down. The boba was stale. I was just like, my soul was crushed. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I can handle this anymore. I haven't had Korean barbecue in like five months. Like this is ridiculous. So the thing that sparked me going home for the winter break was the fact that I was super homesick. I missed the culture. I missed my friends. Mm. I missed the food. Um, and like, yeah, I love pulled pork and everything. But like after you have pulled pork and ribs like all the time in like Nashville and stuff, you kind of get sick of it. Oh, and French fries. Yeah. Yeah. I was Ooh, like, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. It just gets heavy after a bit of time. Yeah. Like American food. Eh. So like it, surprisingly, <laughs> it was the food that was like, oh, my God, like. I think I need to visit LA again. But once I visited LA and um, got integrated into the Asian Creative Network, uh, which is a Facebook group that I've become a really active member in, and like, it was like, oh shoot, like, there seems to be something popping in LA. Like, I gotta come back for this. And and like reunited with my friends and started performing around. Like in the short time I was in town, I was like, yo, like, LA was where it's at for where I need to be because I need to work with producers who do pop. I need to Mm. get booked at venues who want artists like me versus like Nashville. Like while I loved it and was considering moving there because everyone's so friendly, like I felt like the sound is still very homogenous there. Like there is a pop scene, um, but it's very underground compared to the folk and the country and Americana scenes out there that are just much more like established. So I was like, I don't really want to wait for the pop scene to be popping before I like, you know, emerge in nashville like la's already yeah. got so much going for it for like hip-hop and like all of the modern production music so i was like you know what like i have a full support network already in la like i should come back i think it's where i'm meant to be yeah that's awesome i had no idea that asian creative network played such a big role in terms of you feeling like you you know were able to have a community here and come back I mean obviously you already had some community from your UCLA friends and your acapella group and all of that stuff but I think that just speaks to the power of community and being able to see other people like yourself that are doing um you know I definitely want to ask a lot more about your experience in LA over the past year, Um, but I guess just going back to Ohio for a little bit, what do you think you gained from that experience of just kind of, you know, throwing the papers in the air, going from, uh, you know, having a full-time job and just quitting and leaving to go kind of take some time off, slow down, um, work on your music? What was, I guess, um, what did you take from that experience? Oh, man, there's so much that I took away from that experience. I think the first thing that came to mind was like, yo, I could throw the papers in the air anytime I want, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which which is kind of a terrifying thought if you think about it, because you think that your life is on a track of some sort that like you've got some like predestined like thing that you've got to be doing on this earth. But honestly, it's like now you could really do anything you want at any given point in time. Like, nobody 
can tie you down to what you're doing. I mean, yeah, I guess you got legal obligations to, like, pay your rent or, like, <laughs> you know, like, take care of your kids. Yeah. But, you know, like... But it, other there, than that, yeah, you're in charge like of your own life. Yeah, you are so in charge of your own life. And I felt super empowered knowing that and, like, actually exercising that for the first time in my adult life. Uh, it, it was me doing something for purely for myself and not for yeah. anybody else. Like, not to make my parents proud. And, like, a lot of Asian Americans, I think... Um, in their adulthood like learn how to do that like later in mm-hmm. adulthood than other other people in america um so like yeah, i definitely. was growing up like in in ohio like being coming into my own right separate from my parents and yeah i think that was a big step for me yeah that's incredible just to be aware of your own i guess freedom and your own free will i think in the artist way one of the quotes that really resonated with me and i'm kind of paraphrasing here but it was like take your life into your own hands and what happens no one else to blame and it's like what you're saying it's such a scary feeling because now you have total control over what you're going to do with your life so once you moved back to LA what was kind of the next step for you what did you do in that time I know that um I know that you shot like a couple music videos you released a couple singles and you went on like a little tour as well um so talk a little bit about that Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, so when I visited LA for a month in December of 2018, I was like, dang, I need to come back to LA for good. But shoot, I need to pack my things. And uh, also, I feel like I need to do one more trip to Nashville and say bye to my friends out there. Uh, Yeah. So because like, um, my dad asked me, like, what do you want for Christmas? And I couldn't think of anything. But then it finally came to me and I was like, dad, can I live with you while I figure out my life? And can you let me mooch off of you? Like, I just want to come back to LA and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just word vomited at him and he's like, oh, yeah, you're always welcome under my roof. Of course you can stay with me. So I was like, God, I love you so much, dad. Great. Supportive so, father. Amazing. Yeah. I was just like so grateful for that. So then I like went briefly back to Ohio, you know, they kissed my dog hugged my brothers, (laughs) Um, went back to Nashville one last time for a few days, hugged all my friends there, took a train from Chicago all the way back to LA with two 50-pound boxes, my ukulele, my guitar, um, jammed out with everybody on that train because once people see a ukulele, they're like, oh, hey, there's a party. So (laughs) I like On the train? That's so cool. Yeah, I like jammed out with the view of New Mexico behind me. It was so fun. Um, the, the guy who sat what next an experience. to me was a guitarist. So like we just jammed out the entire time. Like we were on that that's train. A, for that's like the stuff hours. of movies. Dude, it was a 48 hour train ride. And all <laughs> I did was make music. Like it was amazing. Wow. So, what a way to end, to cap off that trip. It really that was. period like, of your was, life. It was so fun. Yeah. Like I, so then when I came back to LA, you know, my dad took me in. I was a full-on couch surfing warrior because keep in mind I was still unemployed (laughs) so I didn't have any money (laughs) to be living on my own so I was either commuting from corona to um LA for like gigs or at the time rehearsal because I just made it into uh the acapella group that I'm in right now top shelf vocal so they had rehearsal in Koreatown every Tuesday night oh my gosh I didn't realize that you just got into that acapella group when you came back I thought you had already been part of it 
no no the the crazy thing is like i scheduled my train ride the reason why my turnaround was so quick was because i had sent in a video audition that i had recorded in my brother's basement and they were like hey we want you come to callbacks on this date in early january and i was like oh my god oh yeah holy crap so then i like took that train ride and scheduled it to be like two days before the callbacks and then lo and behold i got into the group so then i started like commuting from corona it would take like two and a half hours sometimes to get to like yeah. the west side or like koreatown depending on the traffic and yeah because corona like, is far <laughs> from la far. it's like out of the way from everything which is like so funny that we like were kind of neighbors for a little bit <laughs> but that's cool i mean obviously you wanted that and you were willing to you know sit in that train for several hours each way just to to make it out to practice and I think that speaks to your commitment and to your passion and something that the artist way talks about is sort of like these synchronicities these things in life that happen when you kind of ask for it and they just show up and I think maybe like you know that acapella group was just maybe a sign welcoming you back to LA and letting you know that you know doing music was the right path for you yeah, it, it was a great community to be a part of in this time of great change because, like, my life was so unstructured for, like, the past more than half a year, and I was finally able to have some form of structure in my life where it's, like, every Tuesday you show up, you sing with these amazing people from 7 to 10 p.m. in the same spot every Tuesday. And, like, yeah. that was something that helped ground me, I think, because I... I'd gotten to the point where I think I felt like I was floundering. I didn't even know where I was staying that most nights, you know, because it would depend on like, am I going to drive like an hour and a half to get back to Corona or am mm-hmm. I going to crash somebody's couch? <laughs> and it depended on their availability is not really, it wasn't really up to me. So right. like top shelf kept, kept me grounded for sure. So I know you're at your job now, which you just started a little while ago. So how long were you in back in LA doing music, working with your acapella group before you started your new job? Mm. So I was a couch surfing warrior from January 2019 up until October of 2019. So I had been fun employed for a long time. Um, because also, I guess, I didn't exactly count the six months before that I spent in my brother's basement in Ohio. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it was over, like, almost a year and a half, really, that I was, like, jobless. But I think that the biggest thing for me was, um, like, just making sure that I always had something to look forward to every month. So, like, whether that was a mm-hmm. gig that I was, like, working towards or, like, another job interview. Like, I, I felt like the gears went back into motion for when I was back in LA. Like time slowed down in Ohio, but once I got back to LA, it was like, go, go, go. Like warp speed. (laughs) Yeah, warp speed. And it felt like things were finally falling back into place. Like friggin', you know, I dropped my first EP because somebody that I had met at an ACN mixer introduced me to my future guitarist slash producer. So like this guy who like Kevin, one of my, best creative partners he like helped me make the songs that were from my brain and you know coming out of my mouth and my ukulele like put it into a record and like then he also performed those songs that he helped me produce like with me and like I actually got to take him back to Nashville and Ohio 
to do a tour in July of last year in celebration of us finishing that six month six month long project. Yeah, that's incredible. And I mean, not to oversimplify everything that happened, but basically to kind of recap, you got broken up with, you quit your job, you moved to Ohio with your brother, stayed with him for a couple months, worked on your songwriting and your singing abilities, and then you came back to LA and basically spent the next couple of months networking and also recording uh, an EP and launching it. And then you went back to Nashville around that area to do like a little tour as well and then came back. I mean, that is such a whirlwind of an experience that I think a lot of people can only hope to happen from like taking time off. So that's really incredible just to see that growth that you had within that year, year and a half. Oh, thanks girl. That was a really (laughs) good recap. You are such a good listener. Like, holy crap. Like, I mean, it helps that we're friends and I know your story, but yeah, yes. Dude, that TLDR was so good. But I guess the reason for me going into that summary is I... I guess I want to know, is that ever something that you were anticipating or anything that you had ever dreamed of? Like when you were in college or even in high school, had you ever thought like, oh, I'd love to have an EP one day and like tour in Nashville or like I'd love to put out songs and become like a full time musician. Like was that ever a goal of yours or was that something that sort of manifested itself or kind of appeared once you were able to take that time off for yourself and, and really dig deeper? I think it was the whispers in the back of my mind that I always secretly wanted and was afraid to admit. Like I Mm. had always wanted to be a pop star. I wanted to be on Disney Channel. I wanted to perform for thousands of people like Taylor Swift at like the Staples Center. But I was afraid of letting that come true because I felt like I would let my parents down because like Mm. I was like gunning to be valedictorian. I was like gonna go, like I was applying to like Ivy League schools and like all the best UCs. And, like, my priorities were kind of split. And I was like, yeah, I guess music can just be a hobby. Like, I'll just be reasonable and, like, get a good-paying job. And just, I think at the time I wanted to just be the best for the sake of being the best. And I didn't really know why I was working so hard. I just mm-hmm. had blind Relatable. Ambition. Totally relatable. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and, you know, I didn't really have that moment of, why am I working so hard at this? Like, I don't even care that much about u.s history but like <laughs> I, I somehow right. am burying my nose into the textbook to get an a plus you know so like that yeah. was me back then and then with the breakup you were kind of forced to confront this idea of like what am i doing with my life what do i want to do with my life and all that yeah because like also it gets harder i think as you get older because you think like like i think this is a logical fallacy but it's like you're it's it's like the gambler's fallacy you're like oh but I invested so much time and money and Mm -hmm. I have student loans like to get this degree you know like but then you forget like why did you go to school to get this degree like to live a fulfilling life most likely yeah exactly you know so like if if you've got to put the thing that you went to school for aside for a little bit to like actually be happy like why don't you do that like you have the whole rest of your life to work a nine-to-five to be boring like go be fun while you're young is like my big thing yeah and I'm totally inspired like when I met you and just heard your story and everything that I saw you go through in 2019 it was incredible to witness and I'm just so glad that you had that sort of breakthrough moment 
where you realized that you were able to take a leap of faith and take control of your life. And even though that wasn't completely, you know, on your terms, you were kind of a little bit forced into it or kind of, you know, pushed in the right direction. I know you mentioned earlier that like that's something that you take with you that you now know that you're able to take leaps of faith in the future, too. So that's really awesome. Oh, thanks, girl. Like, I I think like one more mini story. Um, I think there was a moment when I was crashing Kevin's couch. Mind you, we were sharing a pullout couch because his bedroom was half of the living room. He had a curtain set up, which was also his home studio. So half My of his goodness, bedroom yeah. <laughs> was, was his big giant console set up. And he's got this microphone. He's got cables on the floor. He's like, yeah, girl, um, there's no space for you to sleep on my floor. Um, I don't have a couch, but I have this pullout couch. That's my bed. Um, I can call my girlfriend to see if it's okay if I share it with you. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So we shared a pullout couch. His girlfriend was super chill. A like, good oh, friend. Like, like, yeah, Jackie's cool. So we'd like put these like chastity pillows in between. And I'd be like, good night, Kevin. He'd be like, good night, Jackie. <laughs> you know, he'd be like, so wholesome. But like, there was one night we stayed up till 4.30 in the morning after we recorded till like 2 in the morning because we were so excited being like, yo, like, what if we went on tour one day? I was like, yeah, like, maybe I could do that within, like, the next five years or something. Like, if I record a whole album, right, and I'm just promoting it. And then, like, we're like, yeah, we can get a tour bus so we can do this and that. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I was like, yo, like, what if we just crashed my brother's place in Ohio and just went to Nashville and I took you to all the yes. places there and been and we just tour for our ep and he's like oh my god yeah we don't even have to wait to get a bus like we don't have to wait five years and i was like no we could do that in like three months so wow like we we made it happen because we wanted it to happen some people wait to become legitimate before they do something or wait till they have a team but it's like i i hope that people who listen to this can take away that you can do anything you want to do if you want to do it so just like Put in the work and don't wait for something to happen for before you do it. Don't wait for permission. Just do the thing because you love it. And yeah. I think life's too short. Wow. I love it. Like I said, such an inspiration. So I guess just to wrap up this podcast, I know it's been going on quite long. So thank you <laughs> for sharing everything with us. But I just have a couple of rapid fire questions that I am asking all of the guests the first one is what is one piece of advice you would give to your younger self before you took the leap before i guess before you moved to ohio it's funny because i've answered this question before and i say something different every time (laughs) i would say spend more time with yourself i think that Mm. one thing i learned from dance class i've been taking a lot of heels hip-hop dance it's very sexy lots of body rolling if you're like beyonce's backup dancer it's what it feels like. <laughs> and Love like, it. Um, this, my teacher, his name is Jeffrey Liang. He's awesome. He has us stand in a mirror, look at ourselves dead in the eye. And he's like, you're not allowed to look at yourself to nitpick at all the things you don't like about your face or to fix your hair. You're there to state your intention, be present with yourself, and look lovingly into your own eyes and accept yourself for who you are. And I was like, holy crap. I don't think I've ever done that before in like wow. my whole like yeah, 23 years of living it was so powerful like we spent a solid minute doing that and that felt like the longest minute of my life but <laughs> I, I, just like, spending time with yourself being yeah, kind to yourself yeah but I like I needed that moment to be like yo girl like you are beautiful like I don't care if like the all I look at usually is like how big your pores are or whatever like like this is the one moment where I'm not critical and I'm just like yeah like 
we're gonna be okay no matter what i got you i literally I got that. you for the rest of my life and <laughs> that's it's gonna be a great ride awesome i love that answer the second question is what's one thing that went massively wrong when you did take your leap of faith and how did you recover from it Ooh. um <laughs> well it it how pg do i have to be <laughs> so okay um i'm just gonna put this out there because like i i like i i talk about sex positivity and i'm like very yes. much an advocate for the bdsm community because i want to normalize things that are or i want to normalize bdsm and kink and all of the things that are like unconventional regarding bedroom activities you know like i i want to talk about these things so we can normalize it and not have so much stigma so like as a member of the bdsm community i really enjoy bondage and one thing that i did in uh last year that i kind of regret doing is um going over to a guy's place to do some bondage i barely knew the guy and um I was so lucky that I got out of that alive because I met him at his house and um, mm. I had just gone through the breakup. So my, my like, I guess my give a shit filter was real weak. I just was like, whatever, it's <laughs> fine. I could get ax murdered by this guy who's going to tie me up and gag me at his place uh, where no one would know if he did Ooh, anything yes. to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and in hindsight, I think I had no sense of personal safety because I didn't care. I didn't give a shit about myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most saddening part of that story. It wasn't necessary. Like, it is scary to think I could have gotten axe murdered or what have you that night. But I think the saddest part was the fact that I put myself in danger because I didn't care enough to take care of myself and to think about my own personal safety. So yeah. um, I, I won't ever make that mistake again. Like, I like to think of myself as my own little sister or my own daughter and like I want to tuck her into bed every night as if she is the most precious thing to me oh yeah I think well I was not expecting that story but I appreciate you sharing it and I'm glad that the lesson you learned was more self-love so just the last question <laughs> unexpectedly wholesome end <laughs> the third and last question is what do you think makes someone remarkable mm. yeah wow I think what makes somebody remarkable is quiet confidence. Mm. I, I've experienced that through going to Janelle Monae's show. Janelle Monae is an artist that I love and adore. Love her. Because like what she stands for in her music or what she writes about, um, even like, like her advocacy like outside of music, like she, she cares about the community. And that obviously shows up in her art, but like she's not there to toot her own horn or to say like, oh yeah, because I care about these things, like I should get all these rewards or anything like that. She's not looking for accolades. Like she's there to say something and to put the message out there. And she does it with like so little ego, but yet she's confident. And she's like, no, but mm. you should listen to me. Like I have something to say and I am important enough to say it, but she yeah. doesn't need to flaunt like crazy to have people take her seriously. And I think that is incredibly remarkable. I love that quiet confidence. What a wonderful answer. Well, thank you again, Jackie, so much for being on this show. If people want to check out your music, um, where can they find you? 
please hit me up on Instagram. That is at July Music, spelled at J-L-Y Music. Remember, that's like my initials. Uh, I treat it like a photo video diary, so stuff I put on there usually is pretty close to my heart and very closely related to the art I make. Awesome. Love it. Everyone make sure to check out her music. Like I said, she's an incredible songwriter, so it'll be a real treat to go over and listen to her music. And thanks again so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, girl. You are the best. And I wish you all the best on your journey. I was getting mad flashbacks during this. (laughs) I, I just hope that you have a really fun time with this experience. Like savor it. It's going to be real fun. Oh, thank you. And for the times when it's not, because there will be those times, you can always call me. <laughs> Aw, thanks. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Leap podcast. If you like this, please show your support by leaving a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and share this with a friend. It would help so much. Thanks again, and I hope you have a wonderful day.